Rami's Aid Show, interviewing interesting people so people can learn interesting things. Here is your host, Rami Zaid. Welcome to the Rami Zaid Show, where I interview interesting people so people can learn interesting things. My guest today is Rob Keenan, Chief Revenue Officer of Boxed Water is Better. Since 2009, Boxed Water is Better has been utilizing cartons that are 92% plant-based. If you can believe this statistic, about 70 billion, yes, billion with a B, plastic bottles are made every year, and only about 10% of those are recycled. Rob and Box Water are taking on Goliaths in the plastic bottle industry and are doing so successfully by encouraging people to choose renewable materials and refill. Rob is a great guy, and this was a great conversation. That said, here's my interview with Rob Keenan. This episode is brought to you by Cleanse on the Go. I've been promoting Cleanse on the Go for many months now because I believe in it. A cleanse for me had nothing to do with weight loss, although it does that as well if that's what you're looking for, but more of a mental reset. The beauty of Cleanse on the Go is its mobility and flexibility as you have a one or two or three-day option to cater to your needs and wants. Cleanse on the Go is super easy to use. They're just small packets you mix with water. These small packets can fit easily into purses or pockets and are great for travelers, busy lifestyles, or for you super lazy a-holes out there that sit on the couch. <laughs> As a listener to The Rami's Aid Show, you can get 17% off your order if you go to their website, simply cleanseonthego.com, pick the cleanse you want, and under discount code, just type in my first name, R-O-M-Y, and you'll receive the 17% off. Do it. You'll love it. Now let's get back to The Rami's Aid Show. Rob Keenan, welcome to the Rami Zate Show. Hey, Rami. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Rob, you're sitting here today as Chief Revenue Officer of Boxed Water is Better. And before we get to you, Rob, we're going to bounce back and forth between Rob and Boxed Water. I want to give the listeners a quick overview on Boxed Water. And I'll try my best. You're going to be way better than I am. But since 2009, I believe Boxed Water is Better has been utilizing cartons that are 92% plant-based. And I read that Benjamin Gott, the founder of Boxwater, generated the idea to launch the company after witnessing tons of empty plastic water bottles and littering during a Lollapalooza concert. Uh, and he eventually started working with dairy producers to obtain milk cartons that would store purified water, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And what I love, Rob, and we're going to get really deep into it later, but I'd love for you to comment on the rapid growth for box water, specifically with a little help I think you got from Ellen DeGeneres not too long ago. I mm -hmm. uh, would love for you to talk about Ellen and her commitment to box water before we get, get into the company. Yes, you did a fantastic job. Ben did a great job of setting us up for success. It's actually funny. I'm going to touch on that for a little bit because he did start doing this with milk cartons, but we quickly found out that we couldn't use milk cartons because they're not shelf stable. That's why your milk is always in the refrigerated case. Then he went and found what's called an aseptic package. And then he actually designed it in order to fit in your hand in the way that it does. And then we have been, 
like you said, we've been around for the last 10 years, going on 11 now, I guess. And about four years ago, I think, Ellen DeGeneres was serving plastic uh, bottles for her audience, plastic water bottles for her audience for her show. And at one point, we got a call from them. And, and basically, she said, I want pla all plastic removed from my show completely, not just water, but any any stage, any stuff that's that is that doesn't need to be there. So she wants to really embrace the environment, and she, and she does. And so she's been great because we put a box together for her. We actually put her name on the box because people that go to the show want to have a souvenir. So it's become more of a souvenir for her. And I went and talked to them and I, I probably, well, hopefully nobody, this doesn't get back to some of the other sponsors, but I went to them. I, you know, nowadays partnership marketing is a big buzzword, but I call our marketing more friendship marketing because partnership marketing usually means the quid pro quo of money going one way or the other. We're still this, this tiny little company from Grand Rapids, Michigan. We don't, we don't have a ton of money and we're up against the Cokes and the Pepsis of the world. Her people called us and said, we, you know, we want to remove plastic, but we also understand that you do reforestation, which one thing that really sets us apart is that if you take a picture of our box and you post it on social media with the hashtag better planet, because we all want a better planet, uh, we'll plant two trees in a national forest. And so far we've planted 1.2 million trees with the help of the National Forest Foundation, strictly for free, strictly based on on consumers, this community of people on social media for us. So back to Ellen, when she found out about that, I was talking, you know, my goal would be, hey, can we get you to post? Can we you get you to do this? Can you use you to amplify our voice? And the producers sat us down and said, well, you see, we get millions of dollars, mil hundreds of millions of dollars from our sponsors. It wouldn't be fair to them if we were to do this. And long story short, word got back to her. She's like, forget that. She's worked this into like five or six different skits. She's talked about us on air and she's just genuinely wants to support the reforestation because the devastation, especially that's going on in California, as well as um, getting rid of plastic. So it's been a great, like I said, it's been a great friendship more than anything else. That's fantastic. And is that is that a case, Rob, did Ellen find you or did you somehow find out, oh, Ellen's looking for an alternative to plastic bottles and let's try and get this in front of her? No, she found us. Wow. And I tell you, nine out of 10 of them, and it's happening more and more frequently where we're getting calls from celebrities, from brands. I mean, I'm really excited. AG, AG Jeans, a lot, basically a light bulb's gone off for everybody. AG Jeans, for example, is a great example of a company who is, is embracing sustainability. They have put in a reverse osmosis machine. They used to go through, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the numbers wrong, but they're directionally right because they are insanely large. They were going through 200,000 gallons of water each week to, to wash their, their denim. They created a machine, uh, reverse osmosis, that refilters everything, reuses it, so now they're only down to 1,000 gallons. So 200,000 to 1,000. And at the same time, they said, you know, we, we're looking around. What's single-use plastic? What is that doing here? And then they called us. So all these people are reaching out to us, especially fashion brands. I say, um, refer to us as Fiji without the guilt because <laughs> we're a high-end, we're a luxury brand. We've got a beautiful package. It, 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 a lot of fashion houses are taking us and, and using us on their runway shows instead of Fiji because you know, the dolphins are very happy when we do that. <laughs> that's great. Now that's a great story. I'm glad we started with, with Ellen. It sounds like, you know, it's, it's, it's good for both parties. So Rob, uh, we, like I said before, we're going to dive deeper into to box water 
But for you, a little rumor I heard, little birdie told me that you're a bookworm, big on biographies and history and would love for you to, one, am I right on that? And number two, what specific biographies or history books are you into? Oh my gosh. I love reading. I'll tell you what I just read. It almost seems like every book I just read is my new favorite book. This is my new favorite book. I've already bought three copies. I gave one to my daughter and a couple to my friend's daughters. This is a story. It's called The Code Breaker. And it's phenomenally relevant because it tracks the life of a woman named Jen Dudra. She is a 55-year-old woman who is basically the pioneer in gene editing, one of many, but she was a pioneer. And the story is a great story arc that talks about a woman making it a man's world. You know, the scientific community is not known for its, its gender. So how she made it in a man's world, but then also how gene editing and CRISPR has changed the face of this world. CRISPR is what's been used in creating the COVID vaccine and, and so many other gene editing issues that are going on. And then it talks a little bit about the ethics and also the, you know, the science behind it. So you can understand what gene editing is. And it's called the code breaker because the DNA molecule is basically just a code that needs to be, that they've now broken. Wow. You know, I've, I've not read that. I've heard, I believe it's Walter Isaacson also, right? So you're a reader, clearly. Well, I, li- I like to read. I enjoy reading. I don't get through all the books. I got to tell you that I'm more of a book listener on Audible uh, than I am a reader, but I listen to books, you know, daily. I love it. And I've, I've heard of that one, no pun intended on listening to books, but that one's on my list. To really, to. really great. Just like all, all his books are phenomenal. The, the only one I couldn't get through, I don't think I could get through Da Vinci for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? So why biographies and history? I think it puts everything in perspective and you, and you realize that no matter what you're going through as a, as an individual human in this world, other people have gone through either similar things or worse and it gives you a life lesson on, on how um, you can get through the trials and tribulations. And again, it puts things, I mean, George Washington and, and our founding fathers, they're just a bunch of farmers living in, in the backwoods. I mean, America right. was, was, was no different than, than any third world nation as it pertains to England. And yet these guys came up with a, uh, a system of government that literally had never been tried before. And so, so you you sit back and they took on the biggest army and the, the biggest, most professional army in the world. So, so you start thinking about, again, puts your life in perspective. And it also, it also kind of gives you a weave of how history, the pendulum swings and how everyone always thinks that my time is the time. But it's just fascinating to see what, what we went through with the Industrial Revolution, all the way back to, heck, the Teutonic Wars and the Persian, the Persian Empire. It's fascinating. It sounds like we could do another podcast just on that. We definitely, I could bore the heck out of you. There's a great, if you're a listener, listener, there's a great podcast called, oh shoot, his name is Dan Carlin and um, Hardcore History. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, I have heard of Hardcore History. It's a great podcast. God, yes. Yeah. some Some of his podcasts are six hours long and he's a passionate researcher of specific historical events and you learn more during his podcast than I did in four years of college. The guy was amazing. Yeah, no, I highly, highly recommend that one. Rob, I want to ask you, each and every interview I do, executives, celebrities, athletes, all the above, I usually start my show with a question on how you start your day. I think it's very interesting for listeners to hear how different people start their day. I want to ask you, Rob, typically, how do you start your day? I start my day 
Every day I wake up in the morning around 520, at 525, not around 525. That's when my, my alarm goes off. I take my wonderful dog outside to go to the bathroom. And then the dog goes just to be. Yeah, quiet. I was going to ask. I mean, I'm sure the dog goes as well. I tell you <laughs> and then I go downstairs and I work out for about an hour and a half. I'm 55 years old. And when I got into my 50s, I realized that, you know, the wheels were starting to wobble. So I always do a certain number of exercises and some time on the treadmill. And then I, frankly, as I'm cooling down, I get on email and I just start start reading through email. And uh, next thing you know, especially with Zoom around, I look up and it's like nine o'clock and I go, oh, man, I have to, <laughs> time to get my day started, even though I just went through right. 100 emails. Right. No, that's great. And so nowadays, you said 55 now. What does the workout look like on a typical day? Oh, I always start with uh, with 60 sit-ups and push-ups. And, push and I'm trying to add 10 intermittently. But uh, push-ups, sit-ups, and then there's a, a video website called Beach Body On Demand. And, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so I do one of those, a 30-minute workout. And then I usually either do some additional weights or then I get on the Stairmaster. And I do have, I've been contemplating a a lawsuit. I don't know if I'm ready to speak about it publicly, but I definitely don't have a beach body and I've been doing this for about 12 months and and I've been beach body on demand. I've been demanding a beach body and it ain't happening yet. (laughs) Anyway, no, and that's a great, it's a great 30 minute and you can pick, you know, beginner, intermediate, expert level stuff. And they always jazz it up. Oh, that's great, Rob. Thanks for sharing. And then the other thing I'll do, I'll give you one more. And I know, you know, we should probably do a three-hour podcast with the way I work. No. But the other thing I do that I think is important, and you didn't ask, and nobody, just, my kids are the same way. Dad, we didn't ask. Since I've worked out for an hour and a half, I watch 30 minutes of headline news, 30 minutes of Fox News, and 30 minutes of CNN. And I highly recommend, because again, I'm, I'm a student of history and I'm a student of, of, of society, culture. I highly recommend that everybody watches the three different points of view um, to get a full picture and also to understand what the other point of view is. Regardless of what your point of view is, you need in this day and age, you need to understand the other person's point of view. And so that's a great block of time to be able to just do that and go, okay, I get it. I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from. And and then we move on. You know, what's interesting about that is you now, you know, you said it at 50, you're now 55, but you wake up, you have the routine, you're getting your, your beach body, so to speak, <laughs> together. Oh, but then you're also getting the, you know, like you mentioned, those three channels, it's like a triangle of information. And then you're starting your day with that baseline of body work, mind work, and you're ready to go. It's really interesting to hear, hear that, Rob. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, my pleasure. Going back to box water, I would love Rob for you to tell the listeners the story of box water. We kind of flirted with it at the beginning, and I mentioned that Ben had the epiphany at Lollapalooza. I've never been to Lollapalooza, but I got to assume there's lots of epiphanies that happen at a lot at Lollapalooza. Um, but you know, other people may have had the same thought as Benjamin as they're walking by trash. But when you think of the daunting task of taking on Aquafina, which is Pepsi, Dasani, Coca-Cola, Fiji, like you said before, and many others, most I think would not even start. And if they did start, they would quit. And I would love for you to talk, number one, about the story a little bit more in depth, and then also the mission of Boxwater. Yeah, no, I, I'd be my pleasure. It, it's, it's exciting. First of all, 
So the, I'll start with the name. The name is Boxed Water be, is better on purpose. I mean, Ben named the company that because boxed water is not the best. Refillable is the best. But right now there's 70 million bottles being made, plastic bottles being made by the Aquafinas and the rest of the plastic water companies out there. Um, 70 million bottles and less than 9% are actually being recycled every year, which translates into about 9 million tons of plastic going into the landfill or, or oceans. What you don't think about is that it takes 700 years for this plastic to break down and it never really biodegrades. It, it always goes into microplastics. So it's always there, but it takes 700 years to at least to, to, to break down. And when you think about it during that time, it starts to resemble food for fish. So not only is it pollution, but the, but the sea animals are eating it like it looks like a jellyfish. They're eating it and then they're starving to death. So it's a double whammy against the planet. And 700 years is, is, is a number you throw out there and you go, wow, that's long. But if you contextualize that, if Leonardo da Vinci was drinking a bottle of water, it would just be breaking down now. If Christopher Columbus was drinking water just and threw it over the edge, you know, the, over the Nina, it would just, I mean, so it's mind boggling how this one object that takes 12 minutes on average to consume will last generations out in the public. And so box water is better than that. And we started it in order to have a sustainable alternative to plastic. Plastic obviously is made from oil, which is a non-renewable resource. And paper is made from trees, which is a renewable resource. Aluminum is made from bauxite, which is a, again, a non-renewable resource. It's a mineral that we find primarily in South America and Australia. And then the amount of carbon uh, and pollution it takes to blow mold, melt, smelt, and put these things together is also astronomical. So you've got the triple threat of you're pulling out non-renewable resources that you can't put back in the planet. You're expending tons of carbon in order to make these things. And then you're not recycling them at the end. It's just a terrible environmental model. It's a great business model because plastic is super cheap and super durable, but incredibly bad environmental model. So that's where that's where we step in. Our box, like I said, is made from renewable, 92% renewable resources. The, the cap itself is made from a plant-based cap. The tree waste from the pulp industry is, is used to make our caps. And even the there's a layer of plastic that is also plant-based that covers it in order to be a, a flavor barrier. And then a thin layer of aluminum that's thinner than a human hair that is also there as a flavor barrier. But what's important about all of this is that when you create it, you are using it like origami, you're just folding it. And so you don't have to waste all that energy. You don't have to have all that pollution to actually make it. And then as far as recyclability, it's 100% recyclable at the end. Our biggest challenge right now is, is to get more and more municipalities to pick us up curbside. Right now, about 62% of Americans live near or live in a community where they take our boxes that were the recyclable, not only our boxes, but like the soup boxes, the juice boxes, all those boxes, about 62%. That's up from 45% a few years ago, but we're nowhere near where we need to be as far as curbside recycling. So I think I just went on like five different tangents. It's all right. I will say <laughs> that I'll, I'll bring in the other thing that I think, again, is fabulous is this tree planting idea. Because, again, we're always challenging ourselves to say, how, how do we make, how do, what do we do that's better? And especially you brought up Aquafina and Dasani. So all told, they spend about $8 billion in marketing on a yearly basis. $8 billion. Think how many trees you could plant with $8 billion. Unbelievable. A lot. Yeah. And so about, gosh, I, I think about five or six years ago, 
the team got together and said, what can we do that's better? What more can we do? So we are, we're a box on the shelf that's good. What else can we do? And that's when we partnered with 1% for the Planet, who put us in touch with the National Forest Foundation. And instead of like, we were thinking Tom's where you buy one and they donate one, we weren't distributed enough. So, and we were at a lot of festivals. So we said, well, why don't we do it if you just take a picture totally for free and let's plant trees. And that has been what the best part about it is you go on the hashtag better planet. And all of this, by the way, is at our boxwaterisbetter.com, obviously. But at the end of the day, you've got this community. You've got parents teaching their kids about recycling through this through this medium. You have a lot of artists doing beautiful things, doing beautiful things with the boxes and showing their artwork with the box. So that we've got a huge following just based on the creativity that this is this has unleashed. I'm going to go off tangent on you, Rob, with this question. <laughs> and the question is, before box water and i think you spent time at timberland and uggs you know other companies before Mm -hmm. has this been something you personally rob have been passionate about or did you fall into box water i'm just i'm trying to figure out how you fell into this or they found you a little bit of both i was friends with ben and then the darren kuipers is the other is the other co-founder i lived in grand rapids and we were here for 10 years and i was lured away to go work for for ugg boots uh, in Santa Barbara. And basically our family, we wanted to return to the Grand Rapids to Michigan. It's it's a, it's a beautiful community here. And so I called up Darren, who is now the CEO of the company. And he said, I have, I have this incredible product, but I haven't, I haven't put all the pieces together yet. I, and so uh, I said, I'm in. So I fell into it. I fell into it also because of the people. Darren's great. He's a great leader. And, and the company is very, very authentic. We're very, uh, we want to do our best uh, in anything that we do. We're, we're your typical Midwesterners. And it's been, a, it's been a great journey. And I also, you get to a point in your career where you, you know, you check the boxes. I've done a lot of what you're supposed to do in your career as far as I made a lot of boots. I made a lot of shoes. Yeah. And and you have, you have this point where you're, what is my, what is my legacy? What am I going to, what am I going to do? And and early on in my career, at, I was at Timberland. They were way before, well, I would say simultaneously to Patagonia, but not as publicized. They coined the phrase doing well while doing good. And we did community service uh, all the time. It was part of our DNA. And so now every company I've worked at, I've made sure to incorporate some sort of give back, some sort of community service. I just got lucky that this community service, this reforestation, we do beach cleanups. This is, you know, part of we wouldn't we wouldn't exist without it. Uh, and I believe that I believe that that's the way of the future for our, all brands. You cannot. The consumer today is demanding that you that you do something. You don't just you don't just make something, but you, you do something. If I'm going to give you my money, what are you going to do with it? I don't think everybody I don't think all the brands have woken up to it, but I think that they if they don't, they're going to become very irrelevant. Well said. In January of this year, Rob, you were on a podcast with Jonathan Hansen called Conquer the Noise. Mm-hmm. And you said that your job, which was chief marketing officer at that time, uh, you're now chief revenue officer, of mm-hmm. course, of making the world aware of box water in a way was one of the easiest jobs you've ever had. Now, I put it in context, you were CMO at the time, and I think you've almost let the audience know why, but would kind of love for you to specify why making the world aware of box water in some ways is the easiest job you've had. 
My oh my! Now you're, you're I gotta reach back and remember what I what I said because you guys are gonna fact check me. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. And that in that podcast specifically, you did not go in depth as to why so much, and that's it. Got my curiosity got the better of me. Well, there's okay. So there's a number of things that that make it, I guess, easy. One, it's it's a labor of love. I don't know who said it, but but they said. If you if you love what you do, then you never work a day in your life. And so, this has been this has been a labor of love. I've learned so much about plastic pollution, about our our planet, about heck, about how wonderful anybody, uh, the millennials and the next generation, anybody under the age of forty five, we never talked about this stuff, and yet. This younger generation is, you know, rolling up their sleeves and saying, we have to clean this up. I mean, socially, politically, everything. The consumers are engaged. And I think that that makes it extraordinarily easy. The product is we don't hide anything. We we did a life cycle uh, assessment to measure the impact of every step of our process from from beginning to end. Um, in order to find out where are the where are the hot spots? What are we doing wrong? What can we do better? And so it's one of those communities, it's one of those organizations where you really feel good because you know from the top down that we're all in it for the same reasons and we're all in it for the right reasons. It's become very easy now, especially through the pandemic, because you probably don't think about this, but I I do because I lived it. Four years ago, the words plastic pollution were not even a common term. Yeah, it wasn't until, in my mind's eye, sixty minutes that did a whole episode on it. National Geographic's and the mass media came out and started talking about this. I can tell you, early on, I would be sitting at a festival and they'd say, well, "What's wrong with plastic? It's recyclable." And I'd say, "Well, it's made from oil." And honest to God, you, it's like it's like you told them that I was from Mars. That people would step <laughs> back and go, "Oh, I never thought of that. I guess it is." So we, it's become so ubiquitous that we didn't. We didn't realize even the front end that it was even made from oil. So now it's become easy because it's 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 a topic of conversation. The hard part is still as I transition from CMO to CRO, which includes revenue as well as marketing. You know, we we are up against the big boys, and we've talked to yeah certain certain accounts, zoos and aquariums are the ones I feel the worst for because you talk to them and they say yes, we want to carry your product, but. You know, can you write a check like this that we get from Coke? Well, no, we we can't because we don't have the scale they have. So there's still a lot of work to be done to get us out in the public, get us in front of people. Because because once I mean, it's 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 really quite easy once you once you see all you're, all you're asking a consumer to do is literally go from four inches over from a Dasani bottle to a plastic to a, to a boxed water, and all of a sudden you've done one small thing to help the planet. Or go to our website and, and push buy now, and you literally will arrive at your doorstep. That's it's it's that easy to do one small thing to help the dolphins. I pulled a statistic in April this year from a website called Green Profit, and you've put out a ton of statistics already, uh, Rob, that have been fantastic, but too mind blowing as far as pollution goes. Number one, U.S. purchases. 70 billion plastic water bottles per year. Yeah. And the number one ocean bound plastic is beverage bottles. And the number two is beverage bottle caps, which is unbelievable. Yeah. And I bring that up. The, the counter argument to this is what would you t- say to someone that says, 
a sustainable lifestyle is too inconvenient for me. <laughs> See, we're pretty short-sighted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't say it. I'm just saying hypothetically. <laughs> well, so, <laughs> so many things come to mind. I would say that you need to reframe your point of view. And, and here's why. I mean, again, there's various degrees of what everybody can do. And it goes back to just being better. You do one better thing and that's one, it's, it, just take a step. My family, we took a step where obviously we, we don't use plastic at all, but then we transitioned away from straws and now, and then we started using bags that are, that are um, reusable for when we do our grocery shopping. Once you do one step, it, you know, the next one is easy. It, it's not that it's, it's not hard at all. My gosh. I mean, and so that's what I, I would say. I would say every little bit is, is better. And it's, it's no different than, you know, it's hard to go on a diet, but it, it literally is, you, you know, you lose weight one skipping one donut at a time. You just, just do one, take, do one good habit. And all of a sudden it'll become a habit and it's not that hard. And I think now more than ever, back when I was young, you know, you really had to make sacrifices because if you were going to eat plant-based food, if you're going to be a vegetarian, everything was gross. Now you get, it's true. You think, you think yeah. about the things that are good for you now that back, back then the, the green lifestyle was oppressive or difficult, but now you've got some of the best plant. I mean, hell you've got impossible burger. This world is kind of making it easy for you. You know, you've got boxed water. You can easily grab that. Everything, everything is out there for you. And it's, it's handier than ever. So box water, I know, Rob, is starting to enter into the mixers market with relaxed mixer packs. I know that Alaska Airlines is bringing on mm -hmm. box water. You have a philanthropic goal of cleaning up beaches nationwide. All these good things. My question on that is what's, what's next for box water? What do you feel uh, is the next move, whether it could be flavors or mixers or airlines or malls? What is the next big step for box water? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And water is ubiquitous. I, I, hopefully more, more brands like Alaska Airlines. Alaska Airlines, they go through 500,000 pounds of plastic every year, just little eight ounce bottles at a time. I mean, imagine, and so again, this goes back to everybody, one small change. So that was, that was a company that now is, is, is removing half a million pounds of plastic. Our goal is to work with more like-minded brands like that. I mean, there's come Rag and Bone, Tom's, and the travel and leisure, especially because there's so much single-use plastic. So for us, it's still getting out there with major brands who are going to make, make a change. And then frankly, have the consumers choose those brands. So other brands, like right now, I can't tell you how many posts are going on in Alaska Airlines that say, hey, how come, how come you guys, how come Delta's not doing this? How come the other airlines aren't doing this? So I think building that peer pressure is going to be a big push for us in the next two to three years. Hotel chains, universities, other airlines, uh, cruise ships. So I think that's going to get us critical mass. We did launch four new flavors uh, in the last year. We have they're awesome: blueberry, cucumber, lemon, and grapefruit. And so it took us ten years to finally decide. Hey, it's time to. Uh, we've been so focused on, on spreading awareness and education. And we said, it's time now to, to having more touch points with our product. So you can see us rolling out more flavors. We're going to do more partnerships like we did. We, we partner with Art of Tea. 
So, and the, the whole pitch is the best tasting, it's a matcha pack, the best tasting matcha with the, with the purest, best water, you know, you're going to have a great refreshment drink. So pairing with people who are, who again, are like-minded when it comes to environment, as well as expanding our, expanding our product line, it was what you'll see over the next few years. Can you talk, Rob, a little bit, and, and forgive me because I'm not as knowledge in this, but trees being somewhat of your celebrities. Yeah. I believe there's something that in regards to trees and them becoming almost celebrities for your brand. Well, that's what actually, and that's the conversations we've had with 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 Ellen and other celebrities, because we say humbly, you know, we we don't pay celebrities money. Our money goes to trees. And so in a sense, trees are our celebrities. And that's what makes us very authentic and genuine. And that's what makes them their endorsement of our brand, if you will, so genuine. I've worked in other brands where, you know, you pay some of these celebrities millions of dollars and they were just doing it for a photo shoot. And then you would never see them in that product again. And the consumers become very savvy to that. And also I, I can tell you, we had a great conversation. I won't name the celebrity because I don't think it would be fair, but this celebrity and their family, they approached us and they wanted to have water at their house. And we said, sure, we'll give you, you know, we'll give you a, like a, a wholesale deal. We'll, we'll get, take 40% off or 30% off, I think it was. And they said, well, you know, you don't understand who we are. We, we are this family. We're on TV all the time. We've got musical people. We're, we're everywhere. We, you know, people pay us. Do you realize what we're going to do for you? And, and my team came to me because they were enamored with, these, with this celebrity group and said, all we got to do is ship them free product. That's all they want. And I said, I said no, I want them to have a skin in the game. I, I do not want to have people just take my product because they get it for free. They can afford it, A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But it's the principle of the thing. You guys, I want you to have skin in the game. And, and it was hilarious because it was over a, about a two-month period where, where our customer service was going back and forth with their handlers, I guess you'd call them. And every time a new family member became part of the camera, well, this one wants it. Well, this one wants it. And all of a sudden, it went all the way up to the mother, who, who is the matriarch of the family. They had a whole family meeting, and this was part of it, was what are we going to do? And they came back and said, you're right. A, we can afford it. And B, we want our money to go towards tree planting. So it goes back to not only are trees are celebrities, but but trees are the celebrities' celebrities, and I think it's important. They have a great, they have a big voice when you when they go on a movie set or a TV set. Hollywood, God bless them, they go through a ton of plastic, but but they have the power. The production agents, they're they're interested in making a movie. They're not interested in you know, in the bigger picture of things of what, what's being served by craft services. But I've had a number of, of celebrities come and, and they have changed over. Ozarks was the most recent because the celebrities had said, hey, you know what, let's get rid of this. And it's been very gratifying. That's great, Rob. I think the, the integrity in you and the company in the long run is going to do nothing but benefit not only the planet, frankly, but you as a company. That's a great Great thing to hear. Rob, I know you've listened to the show before. We talked about that before we uh, we started recording. And I like to wrap up my shows with some fun rapid fire questions. And I know your game. I'm so, always game. Okay, let's do it. All right. My first one, this is a fun one, is your walk-up song. We're recording this now in October, which is in the middle of baseball playoffs. But in the MLB, players walk up with a bat in their hand. They get a walk-up song when they're walking up to the plate. Rob, what would your walk-up song be? I had no idea that the MLB actually did that. 
That shows you how <laughs> they do. That shows you how distant I am from 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 this. But I'll be honest with you. I'm going to flip it. I don't have a walk up song. When I need to get something done, when it's go time, like for a presentation, my walk ups are the way I prepare is I will not walk on stage until I've recited the speech, no matter how long it is, at least three times. So the first time I write out the speech, the second time I speak the speech, and then I realize, wow, I'm a shitty writer. And then I have to <laughs> change everything. And then the third time I say it and there's final edits. And by then I'm all, by then I'm all done. I don't need a walk-up song. So it's kind of a cop-out, but I've been thinking about that. And there, now I love all music. Like this morning we were listening to Irish pub songs just because it's uh, I love it. So no, so we're all over the place when it comes to. to no, that's a, that's a great answer. I love, I love hearing how you prepare. Next one, Rob, what is one thing personally you do not mind spending money on? Uh, well, it's ironic. I, I do not mind. Just, we just got back from- You a- can't say plastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's the other thing. I'll give it, I'm going to go all over the place, but th- it just occurred to me because, so we just flew back. My wife and I just flew back from New York City for a family wedding. I will not, I will always spend money on experiences and experiences with my family. Because your memories, your experiences, that, that is what your life is made of. It's, it's, it's spending time with the people you love and doing things. So we you know, had a phenomenal time with all the cousins and we're buying drinks and everything. And Elizabeth says, oh, my gosh, when we, get, we checked out this morning from the hotel, she says, whoa, we spent a lot. And yeah, we did. <laughs> but we had a blast and we'll have these memories the rest of our lives. So that's, that's what I'll spend money on forever. What's the best vacation you've ever been on? Where was it? I'm going to say, so anything with my family, if you, if you, if you have kids spend time with your family and travel with them, the best one was we went to um, the Tetons and, and Yellowstone. Wow. Looked at bears and looked at moose and looked at, and went fishing. And yeah, it's actually the screensaver on my computer. My kids still talk about the kind of fun things that we did. So yeah, memories last a lifetime. And especially in this day and age, as an older man, I wish I had spent more time with my kids. I think you're always going to wish you had spent more time with your family or your kids. That's a great answer. How about you? Wow. You know what? I never get asked the questions. For my family, we have been, my kids, I have a 12 and a 10-year-old. Oh, perfect. And they are the youngest of the grandkids of all my brothers and sisters. 2000, my oldest nephew, he's now 21, which is mind boggling. We started going to Disneyland every Christmas. Oh my gosh. You know, Reed Reed was turning three months old. Let's go to Disneyland. Net of COVID, we have gone as a family every single Christmas to Disneyland. And, you know, it's not, you know, the most glamorous vacation, but it's something that the kids look forward to every year. And now they're, you know, aged 10 to 21 and they still ask us about it. And that's just a special time for, for us, the fan, for sure. Oh, my God. That's cool. But no, th- thanks for asking. You flipped the interview. <laughs> All right, Rob, back at you. Favorite quote. Is there a quote or quotes, Rob, that stick with you through your lifetime or today? Or is there a favorite one you have just in general? Yes, I have two favorite quotes. First one is persistence breaks down resistance. Just keep going at it. Just stay at persistence is the best attribute a person outside of kindness, but persistence always breaks down resistance. And that's what we're doing at Box Water. We're just we're chipping away at the big boys at Big Soda. And then the other one I like is that you didn't get up today to be mediocre. That's what I tell my kids. Hey, you didn't get up today. Nobody gets out of bed in the morning to get to be mediocre. So 
Do your best. I love those two, Rob. Okay, next question. If you could choose a completely different position, so all the positions you've had in the past, CRO, CMO, chief, anything O, <laughs> what would it be and why? Well, I mean, this is going to be obvious based on your the, the first question. History teacher. Oh, great. Okay. My God, I would love to be a high school history teacher so that I could share the love that I have of history and hopefully make it fun and exciting. I remember Mrs. Hutchinson in first grade. She was our she was actually our English teacher and she made Shakespeare fun, which then opened a whole world up to reading and 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 learning more about history. So I think that would be the most rewarding job. And frankly, I still, you know, for my third act, someday I hope to to semi-retire and, and do that. Oh, that's great, Rob. If you were stranded on an island and could pick any celebrity, dead or alive, to be with you, who would it be and why? And that one, my daughter and I have talked a lot about, Malcolm Gladwell. Oh, wow. Great. Obviously, one of the one of the great thinkers, one of the great, I, I would love to spend time with him. A friend of mine told me where, where he generally hangs out in New York, this restaurant where he usually has breakfast. So anytime I'm in New York, I always have breakfast at this restaurant, hoping to run into him. But yeah, I mean, the, the man obviously has such a broad knowledge of cultural events. I'd love to know the things that he wants to, to do, but hasn't done yet. What oddities in this world strike him that need to be his podcast, Revisionist History? What, what does he need to look at and revise going forward? And what things have frustrated him that he hasn't been able to, uh, to really dig deep into? Great answer. His book I've listened to and also read at least 20 times the tipping point. I know he has many, but the tipping point, I've read that thing at least 20 times. I love it. That's a great answer. Yeah. Okay. Last one for you, Rob. This is the ultimate dinner question. There are no consequences tomorrow. We don't, nothing bad will happen tomorrow. So what's your ultimate dinner? What would be on the plate or plates and what would be in the glass as well? I didn't realize plates, so I can have as much as I want. It would sure there's no consequences. Flat out, I would be at Lambeau Field having a using a brat and a Pat's blue ribbon over and over and over. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, some fried cheese curds on the side. Oh yeah. I my kids, when I go back to to Wisconsin, my God, my kids think I'm gonna. Well, first of all, if you saw me in Wisconsin, you'd think I was a thin guy. Like, oh, who's the thin guy over there? Now, Wisconsin has some of the best food and the best German food in the world. If I could be there right now, eating a brat and watching Aaron Rodgers win, that would be my dream. Uh, That's a beautiful answer. Rob, this was so fun today. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. Is there anything that you, Rob, would want to leave the listeners with on Foxwater? Yeah. Check us out on our website. We try very hard to make it interesting and fun. Everything that we talk about, I mean, it's really nerdy, but at the same time, we try to put a fun spin on it. And every time I talk to people, they're like, oh my God, that's fascinating. I didn't know that. So take five minutes out of your day. And then the other thing I would say is it's just really break the habit of plastic, just say no. I was just on a plane flying back. The lady said, hey, do you want a plastic? Do you want water? No, I can, I can wait. 
I don't need that plastic water. If you can't find box water, then just say no to the plastic that's out there. And you're going to do, you're going to, one step will make a big difference. Small changes make a big difference, Rob. I believe it. Thank you, Rob, for your time. Thank you, Rob. This has been great. Thanks, Rob. Thanks again, listeners. And I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Rob Keenan. You can find Rob on LinkedIn and Box Water is Better at, you guessed it, boxwaterisbetter.com. And you can find me at my website, ramizate.com. That's R-O-M-Y-Z-E-I-D.com. Thanks again for listening, everyone. And I hope you all learned something interesting.